Hello, we're the Sticky Bomb Boys. I'm Michael. And I am David. Welcome back to the podcast. If you're just joining us, hello. We're currently recapping the first series of The Great British Bake Off. This week is Pudding Week in the tent. And I've got some really good pudding jokes. Do you want to hear them? Uh, I'm not sure I've got a choice considering you've written these scripts. Correct. <laughs> what do you call an essay written by a pudding? I don't know. A dissertation? Ooh. <laughs> What's a lawyer's favourite pudding? I don't know. A suet pudding? Okay, that is actually quite good. Thank you. What do you call dessert that's very distracting? I don't know. Of pudding? <laughs> okay, that one actually is very good. <laughs> it got better, guys. Okay, that's enough. Let's go on with the episode. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So Michael's just been praising himself for the script. Well, I'm in, so proud of those jokes. I in my, them all myself. Did you, did you actually? Yes. They were really good. But the script that you've sent me says, David to lead the episode discussion. Then you've put Michael's 60 second recap. That was when we used to do the really old episodes. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. 30 second po- recap. Blah. 30 second podcast. Okay. <laughs> it's a quick one this week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. 30 second recap, Michael, of last week's go. Um, It was... It was bready. Bread week. And Jonathan went home. <laughs> I think <laughs> done. That's it. <laughs> That's his recap. And we don't know what Ed made. And that was a four second recap for <laughs> you there. He didn't talk about filling or topping. <laughs> didn't talk about the nuts or making some. Hey, once I've watched it, I move on. Some vigorous holes. There was loads oh, there of was things. Lots of... And you were talking about a bulbous cough. <laughs> right, let's definitely move on to Pudding Week. <laughs> okay, this time they went to Bakewell for Pudding Week, which was quite good, apart from the fact they just found a car park. They were just a car park. <laughs> wasn't very pretty was it and there was no public like in the previous episodes there were people like looking in through the windows this was a car park there was no one there but there was at the end because the people had come to pick up their cars because right at the end did you notice they actually had people cheering when they were like turning out their puddings which yes. is a lot oh, of pressure gosh, they did didn't the they? next day yeah, so the next yeah. day was obviously a busy day in the car park. maybe it was a friday or saturday <laughs> yeah. i think it's one of those car parks near a supermarket and so people were just coming out for doing their big shop <laughs> i'd be annoyed yeah. It'd be in the way, wouldn't it? It'd be a longer walk back to the trolley park. Yeah, they took a lot of spaces. Yeah, awful. Right. So they're in Pudding Week and they're in 
Bakewell, which is... I didn't realise Bakewell tart that we always talk about originally was called Bakewell pudding. But I think Bakewell pudding was a different thing. But they put oh. the they put the Bakewell pudding into the tart, and then it became a Bakewell tart. Oh, okay. you were not listening to the boring bits, were you? Oh, no, don't you absolutely <laughs> were not. And also, it's pudding week, not dessert week. Yes, which is very interesting because when I was a kid, we never used the word dessert. Like if you talked about what is. After sweet thing after meal, we always said, what's for pudding? Yeah, and if you said dessert, you'd be a bit fancy, wouldn't you, really? Yeah. What's for dessert, Mama? But a pudding yeah. is kind of a thing, because a pudding, you wouldn't think of a French dessert as being a pudding. A pudding is quite stodgy, rich, usually like... Yeah, it's like sticky toffee pudding, it's like culty dumpling, it's... Yeah, I think it is a thing that you get a spoon of as well. It's like a big thing, you get a spoon of it. Are you not getting into the episode yet because you haven't written any notes for it? I, is that what's happening? Michael's so cheeky. I have written them, <laughs> just not as many. <laughs> Basically, the weeks where I've written more notes and I've said what everyone's doing, Michael leads it, than the weeks where I've just written things like Ruth, Boy Bait, Peach and Blueberry, that's the weeks that I get to do it. That's all I've written. I don't even know what that even means. <laughs> Okay, so it's a signature pudding. Yeah. I know I've got the time. They had to steam or bake it, and it was two and a half hours. They did, yeah. Miranda was Before doing... they get to Miranda, though, they said, it's not the Great British Boil-Off or the Great British Burn-Off. It is the Great British Bake Off, so you need to bake or steam them. Do you remember that week when we just boiled milk <laughs> yeah. for hours and hours and hours and hours? They, they've forgotten about that for the next season, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, honestly, they threw that in the wind. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's quite a few where they don't use ovens at all in the most recent series. Yeah, it's, but... it's strange. Well, but then, do you then. think that's still baking? I don't think it has. To, I mean, when they're talking about baking, it's not. Oh, it's hard, isn't it? Like we we get into these Is debates. It? Like <laughs> I, did, I didn't notice. But like with scones, when we're saying where does a scone sit, but sometimes you can't fit. Because I still think it's okay to do pancakes as a as a desserty baking sweet. A cheesecake is technically baking, but there's no baking. Well, some like but a no bake cheesecake is still baking. Yeah, you'd still call it baking. It would still be in a baking book. Mm. Anyway, Miranda made a sticky toffee pudding with caramelised nuts. She did. And a white chocolate custard. Uh, fine, sure. To be fair, sticky toffee pudding is my favourite of all desserts. It's like the king of them. But not like plain. It needs to have like fruit in it for me, I think. Yeah, I think all of these, none of them were really like that exciting. No, I wasn't buzzing about any of them really, to be honest. No, and they, I mean, they weren't bad. I like the sound of that. If we go, we're going to go with your format again, so go to the judging. Paul didn't like her caramelised nuts, but then Mary loved them. Mary loved her nuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think that's okay. I think to, I think it give a nice texture to have caramelised nuts on top. Well, Mary said at the beginning she didn't want a straight pudding. She wanted a, a gay one. Oh yes, <laughs> we love Mary. So perhaps M Miranda's was a queer pudding. I don't know. I don't know what she meant by a straight pudding, really. Oh yeah, no, I don't know what that means. Did she want actually. like? Did she, so she didn't want it. To, she wanted a twist on it, maybe. Oh, maybe a twist. Yeah, yeah. So just like put some lemon zest in and fruity. pretend. Yeah, she wants it fruity. Sure, don't we all? Um, Ruth made boy bait, peach, and blueberry. What did that mean? It's, a, it's a blueberry and peach boy bake. Oh, I put boy bait. It's not boy bait. Boy baked. Okay. Did you put bait? B a i t. Yeah. I boy thought. What, I thought what she said. Maybe she did. Oh, I'm so I just confused. put boy bake. Well, boy bake makes a lot more sense, so let's go with that. But either, either way, I didn't understand what it was. It seemed to be more of like a cakey sponge with a fruity filling that was just all in one big pot. Which would attract boys? It's yeah. meant to get all the boys? Well, to be honest, the judges loved it. And she kept being like, I'm going to catch Paul with my boy bake, and it was a bit weird. Maybe that's why I thought she was saying boy bait. <laughs> she, was she was trying to get, she was trying to catch She Paul. called him a silver fox. That's the first time I think we've heard him called a silver fox Ooh. before. I don't think he is a silver fox, personally. No, he's not. I think foxes are more wiry. Yeah, he's more silver bear. David made a pear and walnut pudding. Like an upside down pudding. I really like the sound of it, but I wonder if he's practiced anything because he always has good ideas and he's always trying to push the boat a little bit. But then with this, the pear was very, very wet and soggy. 
if you just practiced that once, you'd have re- realized that. It just didn't work, did it? It just didn't work at all. Apparently it had a nice flavor, which basically means that I just like pears and walnuts, but well, they didn't like anything he did with them. It fits because you get those pear and almond tarts, don't you? Like it is, the concept is quite good, sure. but it looked very wet. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for no. me. No, sloppy pears. No, thank you. Ed Don't did... like a sloppy pear? <laughs> no, don't like a sloppy what, pear. What kind of pear do you like? I just want one. One? <laughs> no i don't want a pair i just want one i like uh i think i'd like my pair to be have a bit of bite to them yeah maybe a little bit caramelized Mm, lovely ed made an apple plum pudding with a rum caramel which is the best part of that whole thing unfortunately attainment was zero well not zero but it's maybe four but the idea was very much there they didn't they said that the actual bake was very underdone but it only just looked like it was and it underdone. was stodgy and the sauce was too runny he said yeah. paul said before all of that though paul was like you're a dark horse and i don't think he understands what a dark horse is because no. ed has won every week he's literally the front runner <laughs> that's not what a dark horse is yeah. i liked mary's description when she said the sauce was too thin she said it's running away from me what does that mean i think it's because it should kind of seep away slowly shouldn't it and it just kind of went too quick so it was like water too sloppy yeah um did you do any of the, the bb section oh no the boring bits no um so apparently pudding... i don't like bb do you like bb depends what the bb is the boring bits oh then i do like the bb and i quite, I quite like <laughs> bb in that sense any other sentences of bb that you could talk about no 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 nothing at all nope. nothing at all anything, nope. to, anything to add alex I can't imagine you guys not liking BB. In the right circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> Depends who with them where. Uh, so this so this BB, apparently pudding comes from the French word boudin, which means sausage. <laughs> so Could you get more random? Puddings used to be meaty sausages. Oh. Do you like a meaty sausage? Yeah, I'm quite liking the French way of doing things now. Uh, and so it was like more like a black pudding and a haggerty vibe. And first they moved to suet, like boiled puddings, because that's what haggis kind of was at the time. And then that moved into like having less meat in it and being based on suet instead. And then they made like white pudding in the UK, which is like a fruity black pudding. And then Christmas pudding happened. And apparently, and I did, this is new. Mm. I love also whenever I talk about these boring bits, then I become interested by what they're talking about. I was just saying, I literally uh, just found this so um, interesting. Christmas pudding kind of came from this whole kind of world and it was created to symbolize empire. So they used all the ingredients and spices from around the world to create this pudding, which linked everyone together, which makes it basically gross. Well, I have to say, if someone offers me Christmas pudding now, because I'm not a massive fan, I'm just going to say, leave your colonial pudding, thank you very much. Leave that at the door. You leave your colonial pudding at the door. (laughs) No, thank you. But you know what? That's quite interesting. That is quite interesting. That is quite interesting. So all the puddings that we know now, because I guess when people talk about a pudding basin, you make it and that's like a Christmas pudding one. It's a Christmas pudding. It all came from that. So it all came from sausages. It all came from a meaty sausage. usually does. (laughs) Um, Moving on to Jasminda. Jasminda was also making your favourite. She was making a sticky toffee pudding. I'm still thinking about came from a meaty sausage. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> this whole week has come from a meaty sausage. <laughs> anyway, Jazz made a sticky toffee pudding as well. Oh, I skipped Jazz. What did she do? Oh, yes. I know. I was, when you went to the boring bits, I was like, I just thought maybe the boring bit came before Jazz's bacon. <laughs> we just missed her out. Um, I just let you get away because I was like, I don't watch the boring bits. Which I'm now going to actually watch them for the next episode. Mm. Um, Jazz made a sticky toffee pudding and Mary hated it. Because all she'd done was cut the middle out. So she was like, they're not going to eat the whole thing, are they? So she cut it out so it was a nice circle. And Mary literally dragged her for it. It was a cost of living crisis. 
Well, she could have still eaten the rest of it. She, didn't, she hadn't thrown it in the bin because they went and found it. Like they did go and find it. Because <laughs> Mary was like, where's the rest of that? And Jazz, she said, Jazz, Jazz off to the end of the bench to go and find it. <laughs> but I also think the, like, what's weird is in the center of, like, sometimes you'll do that to try and get the moistest bit of a cake. Yeah. Because the edges are the driest bits. So you'd go for the moistest bit, which is the middle bit. She cut that bit out and it was really dry. <laughs> and I was like, what oh, yeah. are the edges of that going to be like? Crunchy. Yeah. I like the edges of a sticky toffee pudding though, because they mm. go quite caramelized. They go kind of crunchy, a crunchy top with like a like a chewy middle. Oh yes. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, I've got no. Oh, you don't, I was going to say I've got no idea who won that. We don't know because they don't tell us. <laughs> they don't do that now either. No, well, that's not, to never been a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to understand this at some point. <laughs> On to the technical. This was interesting because I didn't realize when they did the staggered like interval ones for a technical i always thought that was something later on in certain series it's in the first ever series it was brilliant they were making a lemon souffle they had 40 minutes to do it this was tough and it was a recipe selected by mary which is interesting because now they say oh this is mary's thing or proves that whereas this time they said it was a recipe selected by mary which suggests it's not her recipe yeah i mean all the other ones aren't theirs either no so it's a bit more honest then perhaps (laughs) yeah just more honest Mm. um a souffle is tough really to give the pressure of doing it in 40 minutes I'm presuming they had a lot more written for this one, though. It looked like they, they did a quick cut and you could see the, the, the recipe. It looked like they had quite a lot more on yeah, it. Yeah, you'd have to give them more because there's so many things that can go wrong, as we saw. And Even despite if you... having more detailed instructions, David still just didn't put the egg yolks in, which are kind of the most important part, but sure. Bless him. Fine. It was a good challenge, I thought. None of them looked very good. I think they all kind of looked a bit like rock cakes in a cup. Yeah, they all did pretty terrible. And I think... He says, never having made a successful souffle in his entire life. <laughs> like That's probably not the most fair thing to say. But And and the judges were kind of fair. I think the judges, because they were all quite bad, the judges had some positive things to say about some of Although them. Although with David, they were just really mean to him. Like, he obviously knew it hadn't gone well. Yeah. Very strange, though, how, like, he talked back in the... Yeah. When they were talking about it, like, he... He just spent a lot of time explaining when he was trying to say about when I put the butter, it doesn't matter if you put the butter over the edge and you wiped around with this. It didn't work, David. It didn't work, but they were all the right things to do. He just yeah. then didn't add a main ingredient. And the main thing that people seem not to do is they all over whisk their egg whites. You're not looking for the stiffest peaks. They all they all beat it a bit too much and all had problems with it rising. Yeah. Is that a problem you've had with a souffle before, David? Many a time. Many a time. <laughs> Actually, I, I did a souffle technical and I won it. Did you? We did cheese souffles in the final. Oh, so you did. Yeah, you only won because the other two did really badly. Oh, they did so bad. Well, that's the thing. That's how you win a souffle <laughs> challenge. <laughs> Actually, my souffles were quite good, but then my crackers are a bit floppy. Anyway, with this one, David definitely did the worst. He came fifth. Oh, I, I, from looking at them, his still looked kind of okay. I feel like Mary was really rude to him. Yeah. I like he was. knew it had gone wrong. <laughs> like yeah. it was obvious. He had to, he'd missed the vital ingredient. They looked like shit. You don't need to tell him off. <laughs> yeah. He knows. But to be fair, Ruth's weren't much better. She came fourth. You leave her alone. Then, oh, I've written End was third. Ed. Was, Ed was third. <laughs> this is the first time Ed's kind of crumbled a little bit. He's really crumbled. still getting no camera time. Because <laughs> of Signature, he didn't do well in. And then he's come middle of the road on this one. Jazz came second and Miranda came first. Miranda, I mean, can you call it first when it's that bad? They were all terrible. That's how you won our series, David. It is not. How rude. <laughs> he is so rude sometimes. <laughs> I came first on many a technical. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Three. That's not Don't, many. No one check. <laughs> <laughs> Don't check this. I thought your whole storyline was you were always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Well, that was, yeah, because I came second in all the rest of them. I did very well in technical. You always come second. And I came last in one of them. Oh, sure. Just below you. <laughs> we bottomed one week, didn't we, Michael? <laughs> just, just the once. But otherwise you came second. And one. Yeah. 
I'm making a joke about coming second. You're just not getting it. So we're just going to move on. <laughs> okay. Onto the showstopper. This showstopper, I thought, like, you know, when we said with Bread Week last week, it seemed like quite a long time. Even though they had quite a few things to do, it was mm. quite a generous time. This, they had five hours to make three puddings. But those puddings were a crumble, something with bread in it, and a suet pudding. Yeah, like you could make all those in an hour. <laughs> all three of them. Bread and... Because two people made bread and butter pudding. You literally... And they didn't have to make the bread. They had yeah. shop-bought bread, butter it. And that's a good point, actually, because wasn't it this year's dessert week where they had to make a loaf of bread in the technical, make two loaves of bread, and the second one had to be used in the showstopper? In the summer pudding, yeah. Uh, which is interesting, because I would have definitely made a summer pudding, which is just, like, put some fruit in a pan, line a bowl with bread put the fruit in done and <laughs> that that's what I, yeah and a bread and butter pudding butter some bread pour custard over and that's it done so like they the bread one all of them did a very simple one that really i mean honestly if you're going at a good speed it's like 15 minutes and a crumble yeah. it's literally some cooked fruit a crumble takes like these are the kind of things that you make when it's like oh i need to do a quick pudding what yeah. should i do yeah. so the only thing that i could even think would take a long time only because i've never made one before is it's, a suet pudding yeah but that didn't seem to take that long but to be fair the whole thing made me feel quite hungry though like all i wanted to eat most of the things really yeah. i wanted to eat none of them apart from the suet i don't really want to eat the suet Right, so I'm going to ask you questions, not because I've not written down what anyone made on here at all, Michael. But also partly because that's but what's happened. what did Miranda make? <laughs> Miranda made a strawberry and rhubarb crumble, a chocolate and pear roly-poly, which sounds lovely, and a raspberry queen of puddings. But I don't know what a queen of puddings is. Oh, I was hoping you did. I didn't look that up either. I didn't know what that was. Okay, let's do a quick Google. Okay, Google says, the queen of puddings is a traditional British dessert. It's not a pudding, it's a dessert. Consisting of a baked bread thicken. I'm going to try that again, <laughs> because I meant to say bread crumb thickened, not bread crumb thickened. <laughs> I'm going to say it again, even though Alex will probably keep in my mess up. And that was a bread crumb thickened egg mixture spread with jam and topped with meringue. I mean, considering this podcast, if you miss say and say that something is thickened with cum, it's going to stay in Michael. <laughs> it's definitely staying in. That sounds quite weird. So a bread crumb thickened egg mixture, which is quite hard to say. That's like a like a thick custard like almost like a cross between a custard and a cake i mean a custard is meant to be smooth and creamy putting breadcrumbs in it to thicken it is going to make it lumpy but is that it's like a cakey substance then like a kind of a soft cakey substance oh i don't really fully understand what that was i'm gonna make one next week and bring it for you um what did what did they say about miranda's they said oh they said that the chocolate thing which you said actually the suet pudding looked really nice but sue said it looks like a fox pelt in water it looked like a cow pat it was like a chocolate yeah. it had kind of like sloughed it had completely sloughed all over itself so it apparently tasted like chocolate and pear is lovely as a flavor it looked quite nice when they cut into it it just looked like a, a sloppy roll but the cow pat of it all i don't think really worked no and they said it was very very chocolatey which is good mm. what about david what did david make david made and i don't know how this is we've swapped positions but sure fine uh, apple and blackberry crumble a rhubarb and orange betty whatever that is and a suet pear which apparently is not a thing um, oh, he made it up himself. Yeah, he'd made it up himself and he was explaining it. And I got lost after the first like sentence that he said. Basically, it was a pear covered in pastry. And the thing that was outrageous was he then took a vanilla pod, one of the most expensive things in the kitchen, and just stuck it in the top to represent the stock. <laughs> he lost me with that. And also... He said it like we didn't just like get them to buy gold leaf just so we could like decorate all of our bakes with this like £50 thing. Decorate our hands with it as well. Yeah, it's all it over the place. Yourself, doesn't it? That is actually true. But also, Betty sounded gross. There's nothing wrong with being a Betty. It was awful. Oh, the food. Sorry, I got confused. Yes, the bake. Yeah, gross. Yeah. 
gross. Although rhubarb and orange sounds nice. His apple and blackberry crumble sounded good, but then crumbles, you're not going to go wrong with a crumble, are you? What you were saying earlier about the unmoulding and the public watching, that was with David and it was really tense. Yes. And I think I looked back to when we were in the tent and I found that one of the worst moments was the unmoulding moments. Because like, if it felt, if it falls apart, you can't serve anything. Like there isn't anything you can do about that. Like it just, it's gone. Yeah, but that's also because you had a very specific cake, which you'd practiced 12 times that every time you tried to turn it out would break. So you had a lot more pressure. I wasn't even talking about that cake. I was talking about dessert week. When we had oh, to make right. those bombs. Oh, yes. And like the way that like they, because there was only like six of us in the tent at that point, and they would make sure there was at least three cameras on you while you were doing it. It was horrible. I don't think people realize enough that, because everyone's like, oh, you practice these things. It's so different to practice with your own things in your mm. own kitchen, your own fridge, your own oven. As soon as you do it in the tent with their appliances and things. That's why in a way, the people on the series that were in COVID where they could practice in kind of fake tents with, because they lived in a hotel the whole time mm. and they got to use the Bake Off ovens and things in a small way, they had an advantage, I think. Oh, for sure. But I think they had a disadvantage in this series because they had the audience literally outside the window, like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like horrible, yeah, awful. But I mean, his came out well, whereas Ed's did not. Oh, Ed really had a disaster this week. But he was making an apple and cinnamon crumble and a teller banana brioche bread pudding and a rubri and stra strawberry suet layer pudding. But on the Nutella thing, he was able to use Nutella, but they wouldn't have used that. We wouldn't have been allowed to use that on Channel 4. No, they would have said a chocolate hazelnut spread. But even still, they made us make it. We oh, and make to... it. So yeah, yeah, we wouldn't have definitely been able to use the brand name and we'd have had to make it. Yeah, so it was interesting that they were allowing Nutella back then. I suppose it was different when it was on BBC. I mean, his bread and butter pudding, he had shop-bought bread and then spread it with Nutella. Like, And, and it still wasn't very nice. <laughs> no, I love the fact that Paul said, like, I didn't get the banana. It's like, well, there was chunks of banana. If you didn't get a piece of banana, you're not going to taste the banana. It felt like it was strange, though, because lots of his bakes were quite simple, but they didn't really work out. And he's a brilliant baker. So why didn't he kind of realise that the strawberries would go to mush? That one seemed a disaster. And that the rhubarb wouldn't cook at all. That no. one really was. Maybe he didn't have time to practice that week. So his suet pudding, basically, he it was made in a pudding base and he turned it upside down to unmould it. And as he lifted it off, it all just completely collapsed. And the rhubarb was raw and the strawberries were just water. It was a proper disaster, really, bless him. Yeah. What about Jazz? Jazz seemed she was better at bottoming than topping all of her bakes were better at the bottom yes absolutely so she made an apple and pineapple crumble a treacle suet pudding which sounded quite nice i thought and a bread and butter pudding using marmalade they liked her as i thought overall and she made her own marmalade she did make her own marmalade i felt like she would have been in the top if, if there was a top i feel like jazz would have been it yeah that I week do. yeah um have we done everybody or not ruth Ruth, um, let's see what I've written. Nothing at all. Like, I've not even written her name. <laughs> she made a cherry queen of puddings. Oh, yes. With a marshmallow layer as well as a meringue layer. Uh, she made a rhubarb suet crust and an apple and ginger crumble. Unfortunately, hers was the classic style of a substance because hers looked really good. She was very proud of them. Mm. But actually in the tasting, textures and flavours weren't there. Cherries aren't that flavoursome. Unless they're like Morello. Yes, yeah. Um, I loved... Is Morello where they go in that song? The Peter Kay song? <laughs> Is this the way to... Oh, Amarillo, not Amarello. I was wondering whether there the was a cherry Amarello thing. cherry. Is this the way to... Amarello cherry queen of pudding. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the challenge, Ruth was giving David, uh, as in you, because everyone else is running around panicking and she's just like tidying her bench. They're all set out beautifully. At the end, she's like, yeah, I'm fine. All good. Everything's yet, cool. 
the other people hadn't even done very much. Like Edge should really have had a lot of time considering his bread and butter pudding was already made. Yeah, yeah. It was it was I was underwhelmed by this challenge. Yeah. I and there was just too I felt there was too much I wanted there to be more of a focus on one spectacular pudding mm. rather than three. You've got to remember three for I didn't remember any of them. Three for each person and all of them being a bit But they also weren't at this point in the Bake Off canon, they weren't going for spectacle yeah. they were going for what do you make at home yeah yeah and true. it's interesting that i think because we're so accustomed to what we watch at the moment now when we watch it and it's not spectacular we're like oh god it's all brown yeah like it's nothing exciting so this week though ed seriously dodged a bullet because mm. i he was very worried about going and obviously we know who wins so we weren't that worried mm. but it did seem like he, I was thinking potentially the judges were not just judging on this week alone. We're thinking maybe, okay, this is so close. We're going to have to look at the weeks. Because I almost thought Ed should have gone. But I then... thought David, because David went, and I thought David had like, he'd at least tried a lot more. Like he'd been a lot more adventurous. He'd invented things. Yeah. Whereas what Ed had done basically was quite simple, but just hadn't worked. Yeah. Whereas what David had done was too complicated and therefore hadn't worked. So I kind of felt a little bit like it should have been it's weird i don't feel so bad saying that it was the wrong person because in current series when we watch them we try not to be like oh it should have been this person because it's always like they get shit on social media when we say that but when it's back in the past we're like oh well it should have been you <laughs> <laughs> and it's so i mean this is so long ago talk about water under a bridge yeah it doesn't matter at all and also he won so it's fine but yeah david went home which was sad i thought actually because i thought he i kind of i didn't love him to start with but i really grew to like him yeah i think he had a lot more potential as well it's a real shame that we won't get to see David's semi. I can only imagine that it would have been spectacular. Seconded. Right, let's not dwell on that. <laughs> on to our taste test. <laughs> now this one comes from Simon on Instagram, who wants us to put out a good word for a pineapple casserole. Okay, now it's my turn to not know what you're talking about. What's pineapple casserole? I thought you'd never ask. It's a mixture of crushed Ritz crackers with chunks of pineapple and cheddar. I would say interesting. I'm not sure interesting is even the word. Right, is it jail for Simon or do we think he's onto something? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hello, it's us interrupting us to promote us. If you'd like to support us, you can join our Patreon. It's called our OnlyFans, and you will get this. Okay, I'll see you never then. Well, <laughs> you don't exist then. Well, like, goodbye forever. And a bit of this. Devin and Con will argue about where to put the cream. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of that. I don't want any part of me to be needed. Hey, what about this? This sounds like quite concerning. Do the police know about this? Well, the so, statute of limitations. It's whippy. It's whippy. Yeah, we don't actually know what's being put in there. Hopefully it was all really good stuff and now you want to join us. How much does it cost, David? It costs about the same price as a cup of coffee each month. Just have one less coffee and have loads of extra content over at patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys. I don't mind this. Michael. Get out of this room right now. <laughs> it's my house. You'll, oh, yeah. you'll have to go. <laughs> I'm going to stop out of this room right now, but I need to but announce it's not, it. It's not dissimilar from that like, little hedgehog, like a little like foil potato that you stick sticks in and there's like chunks of pineapple and cheese and grapes on it. No, this is, to- this is totally different because this is cooked. This is a casserole. So oh, I don't, think it's, co- I don't juice- think it's cooked. Oh, wait a second. Oh, to be fair, he back. doesn't say. So I would say if it's uncooked, if it's raw, I, I like it raw, but I will not have it. <laughs> <laughs> I will not have it cooked. I, I don't want it sloughing around all over the place. But if it's raw, yes, please put it in my mouth. <laughs> Simon, now, did you hear that? If it's raw, Michael would like it. Put it in his mouth. Um, I'm going to say no. Sorry, Simon. Raw pineapple with cheese. I don't actually like that. Anyway, it's the juiciness and the creaminess. It's like, no. Do you like a grape with cheese? No. Oh, interesting. Because it, I cheese for me is like, I want it to stick my mouth to all creamy and... Mm. <laughs> sure. And then a juicy thing. I like my co- cheese quite no. hard. Oh, I do like hard cheese as well. Oh, I prefer hard cheese to soft cheese. Oh, I, do you know what? I like a brie de mot. No, I'm bored of brie. I used to like brie. Brie de mot is different though. Oh. It's a bit more like funky in the middle. It tastes like your off milk that you'd like. Oh, I, uh, like, I like blue cheeses. <laughs> like, of course you do because they're moldy. <laughs> Let's move straight into the inbox. Uh, the first person is Brooke. Brooke says that they are struggling with kneaded loaves. They can bake a no-knead loaf with no fucking problems. Their swear word, not mine. But for some reason, they cannot get their kneaded loaves to be anything but dense. They have a trusted bread book they follow, hopefully not Paul's, but they just can't figure it the fuck out. Please help. They're quite sweary. Well, but she's obviously quite frustrated. Quite cross about this yeah. bread. <laughs> now, what she should probably do is she should probably go and watch Series 1 of Bake Off because Paul gives some good slapping tips in he there. He does. He slaps it around in a lovely way. For the kneading, I tend to just use... The density is interesting because I don't think actually that's about kneading. It might be. Because you know when people knead and the dough's sticky and it should be because basically the dough should look nice at the end of your kneading process. And loads of people put loads of extra flour in mm. to do the kneading because they don't want to get it on their hands. And that's when Paul did actually show, some, show something good. If you put some oil on your hands, it won't stick, but you don't, don't add loads of flour. So if you've had loads of flour, you're totally changing the, the recipe and it's going to be really dense. But I would also say when you're shaping your bread so after the proving process don't use too much oil because then when you're trying to fold it over in on itself it won't stick to itself because it'll just have the oil as a barrier between yeah um but i would also say with the kneading like it should be ned ned needed <laughs> ned it should be it <laughs> should be ned it should be ned for a, quite a long time like yeah. you should be kneading it for like a good five ten minutes yeah that's why we like to have a stand mixer yeah i use my stand mixer and it makes what noise david Oh, that's it. 
That was quite good, actually. But what was disturbing was watching your tongue move around your mouth like that. Also, but our stomachs, then you, you've got to get the other sound of like the stomachs uh, rocking over. Rocking and trying to get off, trying to move off the table. Does, yeah, does yours yeah. walk? Mine yes. walks. Yeah. I hate it. Uh, but there's quite a few different things here. I think because the other thing is, is if people are letting it rise long enough, because often it's not to do with the kneading. If you've got a dense bread, sometimes people follow the recipe and it says, leave it for an hour. It's not leave it for an hour. It's leave it for how long it needs to be till it's double in size. And also like, so I put two fingers into it. Like not like, not together. Like I separate my two fingers, like I'm putting it with these and I kind of whack them in the center. But then why don't you just put one in? I don't know. I think I just saw on the internet it should be two. But then I did the two fingers thing on Bake Off and they filmed it and like made fun of it. And I was like, I get that it looks weird, but also I don't think it's odd to do. No. But basically if you oil up your fingers and whack the two of them in there, and if you pull them out again uh, rapidly, um, the only circumstance when you should do that, by the way, uh, slowly, normally, but rapidly pull them out. Basically, if the whole dent left by your fingers kind of fill up halfway, then you're good. If they fill up right up to the top, leave it in there. If it punctures the whole thing, you've gone too far. You have to start again with your proof. Yeah, I would say, though, as a general rule, like it's harder to overprove. It's better to let some, something prove longer because the idea is if it overproves, there's too much gas, it gets too big and then it collapses on itself when it bakes. It doesn't happen very often. No, you, and also if, you, if you've overproved in the bowl, you can just knock it back and start again. It'll just keep proving itself. Exactly. We've helped you, Brooke. God, aren't we great? Tim says, hello, I look forward to your podcast every Friday. And like you, I've usually not eaten breakfast when I listen. So when you two start talking about food, I get very hungry too. My stomach is actually rumbling. My question comes in two parts. Part one, I love going into a kitchen when someone's baking fresh bread as the smell is divine. But when I watch Bake Off, I wonder what the tent must smell like with so many different bakes happening at the same time, especially if Shabira is baking with stinky beans. Does it smell nice? That's an interesting thing because actually I'm the same. I love the smell of freshly cooked, freshly baking bread. Um, bread we get smelled delicious. Yeah, because actually they're all the smells kind of mixed together. I can't remember in the tent. There is a lot going on. If someone burns something, you do smell it around the whole mm, tent. The Well, you, you see that every year. There's someone kind of sniffing going like, there's something burning. And that happened to you in week seven because like half of your cake had burned, hadn't it? Oh no, Rosie's cake. Oh, I don't know. Someone's cake. Probably, probably mine. You won, who knows? <laughs> milk week, when we had to make milk, it stank oh, in that yeah. tent of just like burning, curdling milk. That almost made everyone in the tent dairy free because oh, it was, it was such a. And I think to me, when we talk about when people say, do you taste the bakes? Often we haven't tasted them because the whole tent is so sweet and sickly smelling because mm. of all the bakes. And it probably is because there's so many people baking at the same but time. As, as you kind of progress in the series and there's less people, you're actually quite far away from each other. So you have mm. to kind of be at the bench to smell the thing. I remember I made those figgy pudding hot cross buns and you came over to help me kind of sort some bits and bobs out because you were clearly finished 15 minutes before everybody <laughs> else. And you were like, oh, it smells like Christmas over here because like individual areas have a smell. But when you're separated so far, you can't really smell them. Yeah, and that's true. And they're the kind of smells that would carry. So if I couldn't smell the Christmas smell from my bench, then it obviously right. does have good right. space. Right. Uh, part two, what smell gets you going when you walk into a kitchen? And what is a baking smell that would really put you off? Gets you going. What smell gets you going just in general, David? Hmm. Bakewell, like the almondy, almondy marzipan smell. Like that gets you going, That gets it? me going. <laughs> if you could bottle that. I would love that. I Honestly, bread. The smell of bread is what gets me going. I also do really like the smell of, you know, when you're frying or sweating off, when you're sweating off onions and garlic. Mm, oh, that, garlic. Sometimes I get more excited about that and then the final meal comes on. I'm like, oh, can I just have some onions and garlic? I had something in the oven the other day that I really like the smell. Oh, a sticky toffee pudding. Sticky oh, yeah. toffee pudding always fills the house with a lovely smell. But what puts you off? What baking smell puts you off? Do you know what? I love fish, but if someone's cooked fish in the kitchen, that does put me off. A curdled milk. 
Oh. You'd be looking that up, wouldn't you? <laughs> Ugh, gross. Right, the next one is a story. Story time Ooh, from story time. Anon. Uh, Alex has assumed the position. Yeah, because it's from Anon, so you know it's going to be something really bad. Uh, <laughs> I met and moved in with a boyfriend during the pandemic, so my first introduction to his family was via Zoom. He is Latinx, and so his family often speak to each other in Spanish, but he and his family didn't know that I also speak Spanish because I have family that live out there and we grew up visiting. Anyway... Can Everything... I just say something? He says they didn't all they didn't know. Why didn't you tell them? Well, I think that's gonna become relevant. Okay. Um Anyway, everything was fine to start with, but then some of his family in the background of the Zoom call started chatting in Spanish and sharing their first impressions of me. His grandma started complaining that he was dating another white boy, and then his aunt replied that I looked, quote, far too gay for her son. <laughs> For her son? Must be her grandson. It went on for a few minutes while I was trying to keep smiling and carry on. But then his aunt started claiming that I'd only moved in with my boyfriend because of his money. I didn't say anything straight away, but as we signed off the call, I said in fluent Spanish that it was lovely to meet them all and that I looked forward to visiting them in person at some point. They were all really shocked, but I didn't give them much time to explain. I love that. This is like squeaky bum time. Yes, it was petty, but I was fuming. My boyfriend's sister was really mad at me and kept complaining to him that I was rude and mean for not warning them that I understood what they were saying. In the end, things just got a bit too tense and we broke up a few months later after an argument where he brought it up again and called me an asshole for my behaviour. Everyone's assholes these days. I guess my question is, am I the asshole for letting them carry on digging their hole? No, I thought when I said it initially, I meant I thought he'd like met them multiple times. I like mm. if on the first Zoom call you heard someone speaking in Spanish and saying something, and then you said to the boyfriend afterwards, like, oh, it's really funny they were saying that. Oh, by the way, I did actually understand. That would be one thing. But it's in the first call. He does not have to let it know be known. They shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, I think they shouldn't be doing it. Like I feel like it's them being rude, not on him. Yes. Surely. Yeah. But also I would not be brave enough to call that out. I would just like let it happen and then I would just never speak to the boyfriend <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. Would you would you call them out? Like it's quite ballsy to be like, by the way, I heard I heard everything. Goodbye. Closing the laptop. No, I would just pretend I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> really? You can marry them and still still not say anything. That's the thing, like there was no way that relationship was ever going to go anywhere after that conversation. No. To be fair as well, you know when people get very upset, like after Bake Off, they get upset when people say negative things on Twitter. Um, or the idea of people saying negative mm. things. I also presume that people are going to say negative things. I don't sit there thinking everyone's only got nice things to say about me. So I think in this, I think it's kind of fair enough. I know obviously this was a bad situation, but you kind of presume that someone's family is going to like take you apart a little no, bit. Surely and... they should be giving you benefit of the doubt. I mean, I know for people who have like, when my brother and sister have had ex-girlfriends and boyfriends, we've definitely all talked about them saying, oh, I don't know about this one. Oh, is she then? Like, you know, you just say yeah, things like but that. You, you don't do it while they're in the room. Oh, no, no. Yeah, but on they, the Zoom. But the thing is, they didn't think that he could understand. But it's still, I don't know why you're defending these awful people. Well, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think in that situation because I... But you met, would, like, we've, we've both like, yes, of course, we call each other and bitch about things, but we don't do it in front of the thing or the person we're bitching about. No, I think I've just presumed that sometimes maybe Nick's family is saying it about me in Bulgaria and I've got no idea. I'm like, oh, fine. They probably are, but they're not <laughs> doing it on Zoom in front of you, to you. Well, they might be doing it in front of me, but I've got no idea because I, I definitely don't speak <laughs> Bulgarian unless it's bread. Club. <laughs> what? Club. That's the only word I know Club. in Bulgarian. That's quite fun. I like that. Um, yeah, I think I think this guy is right, and I think this could have still gone somewhere because if they just apologized and if the boyfriend had taken his side and said, "Oh, sorry, they shouldn't have been doing that," then it could have like it could you could have an apology. Yeah, but the fact but that he stuck up for his family, 
I couldn't have done it. I think you're right, absolutely. But if it was me in that situation, as soon as that's happened, I'm afraid that's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, it like, kind of says can't... something about them. Yeah, exactly. Death to all of them. <laughs> Maybe just jail. Maybe just jail. <laughs> that was a meme. It's a meme. <laughs> and that's that for this week. Thank you for listening. Right. Do I get to say my code word for people who have listened to right to the end? Not yet. Not until we've plugged our OnlyFans and our inbox, David. Okay, fine. So if you'd like some bonus <laughs> content, and there really is a lot of it out there now, do join us over at patreon.com forward stroke sticky bum boys. And once more with enthusiasm, we're also running a little low in our inbox. So please do keep sending in your taste tests, stories, questions, innuendos, and just any general observations on the world. We're not fussy. Send them on to stickybunboys at gmail.com or over on socials at stickybunboys. Is it my time yet? It is. Okay, so you can let us know that you've been listening this far deep into the episode by commenting on our latest Instagram post with the phrase, what lovely buns David has. Do compliments count if you have to ask for them? Yes. Yes, they do, Michael. We'll see you next week. Bye. Sticky sticky bum boys. (laughs) Sticky sticky bye bye. Sticky sticky bye bye. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.